Get stuffed. Hello and welcome back to Double Stuff Cinema. This is episode number 77. I'm Tyler. I'm Neil. I'm Shrey. And I'm Andrew. And we are back today with another Guilty Pleasures episode. Um, this week was my pick, and I decided to go with Thomas and the Magic Railroad. It's a classic for <laughs> anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, yeah, it's okay. So I guess I'll get into why. Well, first of all, the Rotten Tomato score for this movie is 21%. On IMDb, it's 4.1 out of 10. So <laughs> clearly it... uh. Yeah, <laughs> it slipped on I some mean... things, only to dumb people, though. But to smart people like me, <laughs> this movie was amazing. Yeah, so real um, quick, Neil, do you think it deserved those scores? No, absolutely not. I don't know what those people were <laughs> thinking. But the, the reason I like this, well, first of all, I grew up a big uh, Thomas fan. I like, you know, I would always watch the show on, was it PBS Kids, I think. and then. I got like all the little action figures and toys and whatnot. And so this movie I have on two, no, I had it on DVD. I definitely lost it when we moved into the new house. Um, but <laughs> the funniest story behind this movie is probably when I think senior year, I was pulling an all-nighter just doing calc homework for shout out to Mr. Barnes. <laughs> and um it was like 4 a.m. And I was like, well, I can't sleep because I got to get up at 7. So if I sleep, I won't get up. So what could I do to possibly keep me awake? I was like, oh, let me watch a movie. So I'm looking through. And this is definitely on Netflix. I'm looking through Netflix. And this popped up. And I was like, do I do it? Yeah. So then I did it. And then the next day I came to school. And Shrey goes, dude, were you like on drugs or something? Because I saw this on your letterbox diary. <laughs> And not only that, he was surprised that I rated it a four and a half out of five stars. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you guys look on my letterbox, it's four and a half out of five. Um, reasons for which we will get into later. But yeah, long story short, I grew up with Thomas the Tank Engine. And this movie just solidified my love for the realm of Thomas and Friends. So Neil, you you had definitely seen this before senior year, right? Like, you, oh, yeah. you said you had the DVD. I'm guessing you watched this a ton growing up. Yes, this was my go-to movie as a kid. Usually, okay. I I guess I wanted to start things off by you know like figuring out everyone's you know Thomas the Tank Engine fandom mm -hmm. uh, level. You know, Andrew, were you a fan at all? Um, so I did have this movie on DVD. I actually think we still have this on DVD somewhere. <laughs> and so I was not really a big fan of Thomas the Train specifically, but I was a big fan of Geotracks. I don't know if you guys know what these are, but they were like those remote <laughs> control trains by Fisher Price. And I had like a ton of Geotracks. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Thomas was just kind of there. I watched this movie sometimes, but I have not seen it. I watched it earlier today for the first time in probably like over 10 years. So yeah. it's been a while. 
I think I, I'm kind of similar to Neil where I think like I was a big, big Thomas the Tank Engine fan when I was growing up because uh, I definitely watched the show a lot. Um, I I had a ton of the trains like I had a Thomas like metal Thomas train that I carried around everywhere with me for many years. Uh, I think my sister even got into it because of how much of a fan I was. And then um, I also remember going, I think like uh, the someone like a library or something put together an event at a train station or something where they brought like a giant life-size Thomas the Tank Engine yeah. and like all the kids could go and see that. So I definitely have a few pictures from those events because my parents were like, got to get all the photo ops possible. <laughs> But I don't think I'd seen this movie, or at least not at an age where I could remember it until yesterday. Well, I mean, I think for Thomas the Train, this was a top-tier Thomas movie. Mm. I do think this is, like, the definitive Thomas movie. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I mean, um, I so I kind of went into this cold. I I mentioned (laughs) a charade. Like, I... (laughs) No Thomas experience? I have I have minimal Thomas experience. I remember watching the show a little bit as a kid, and I'm sure you know it it was around. Like I, I definitely like I'm aware of, of of what it is, but yeah, I, I don't have like that that big childhood connection. And I had never even heard of this movie. Like I knew nothing about it. I purposely avoided like looking into it until the movie started, so I could just really get the full experience, you know, and. Um, Man, this was this was something. This was like, <laughs> this was so strange. Like it was so unintentionally wacky. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll we'll dive into that. But yeah, no, this was it was just kind of. I, I don't know what the point was. Maybe Neil, you can you can like, you know, let me know. But I, I'm just confused. I'd be man. glad to. <laughs> and ju- just to just to give like even more of an insight into my childhood, I'm looking at like. Let's see, like two shelves of Thomas toys right now in my basement. Um, <laughs> I was Thomas Halloween. I was a fat Thomas for Halloween. <laughs> I was um, Thomas. Every time the Metra, every time we'd see the Metra, like on the road, my dad would go, Neil, say hi, Gordon. Hi, Gordon. And I would say <laughs> hi, hi, Gordon. Gordon. So the, like this was literally <laughs> the, like this and SpongeBob are pretty much what define my childhood. So, uh-huh. yeah. Neil, I have a question about the movie. Is this part of is this like a canon movie where it's a part of greater Thomas lore? Uh, or is this like a one-off? This is pretty much a one-off. There's gonna be a sequel. Um, it got canceled. Like, oh, I thought you meant like coming out now. No, no, no. There's gonna <laughs> 21 be twenty-one years later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's gonna be a sequel. I think like two years later, and it got canceled for some reason. Some <laughs> weird reason. <laughs> I Some wonder what that reason. could be. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's a standalone movie and it's story. Neil, I'm actually pretty sure, like, I think Thomas Lore is not well, you know, I do I do think this movie is very complicated and we'll get into that later, but I do think overall Thomas Lore is not that complicated. And I think just every single Thomas related thing that's related that's released all takes place in the same you know timeline or storyline or whatever yeah it's like right you can see like the similarities between this and spongebob like even the spongebob movie wasn't yeah. really like 
fitted in between any episode. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that but you it know. is in like the main story. Yeah. It's yeah. part of the TCU. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, TTT. It's Thomas the Tank Engine. TTT. Yeah. Yeah, the Tiku. Tiku? I think it's just TTEU. You don't say the the. You don't? Okay, Andrew. Okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put a the in an acronym. Okay. That's just ridiculous. I guess. Um, Andrew, do you want to give a short plot summary of this since you were the last one oh to see this? Oh my gosh. Okay, I'll try really yeah. hard. I'm going to miss some of the finer details of the oh, movie. I, but I as long as you talk this. about Shining Time. Okay, so here is the basic setup of the movie right there's the island of sodor that all the thomas strains live on and then there's this other real world place called shining time and this is like a a town with humans and like a like a real train station where they don't have faces and can't talk um and there's one man that can trans he can transcend the distance between the island of sodor and shining time and his name is the conductor and he uses his whistle and magic gold dust to sparkle between the two worlds right and mm-hmm. so so the premise is sir topham hat is gone for vacation so the conductor is like a substitute teacher mm-hmm. um so he's taking charge on the island of sodor and in the meantime, I'm assuming because Sir Topham Hat is gone, there's like other diesel engine. They just call him Diesel, I think. Diesel ten. Don't don't really give him a what is it? It's Diesel Ten. Diesel Ten. So he Thank really doesn't idea. have a name. He really is just a number. But he <laughs> I'm I'm assuming he's causing a ruckus because Sir Topham Hat is gone and can't like stop him or something. But he's evil. And he really doesn't do that much throughout the movie. He's just a bad guy. Okay. Um, And so the idea is conductors running out of gold dust. I don't know why, really. He just Mm -hmm. doesn't know how to make more. And there is a magic railroad that can also go between the island of Sodor and shining, (laughs) shining time. (laughs) And the only train that can go on the magic railroad is stuck in shining time and they can't they're like dead or something i don't they got in a crash that diesel crashed them at some point and now they're stuck there and there's also a grandpa man in shining time <laughs> i don't remember his name it's like brand brandon or something br br no no oh, idea yeah. like jasper Right. No, no. It started no. with a B and it was it was like Burnett. a woman's name. I don't know. Burnett. Oh, yeah. Burnett. Burnett. Yeah, I don't know. It's Burnett. Burnett the grandpa and his granddaughter's like visiting and so there he t- takes care of the the lost train engine and he can't get it to start. So eventually Thomas is able to go on the magic railroad and find the lost train engine and they go back and save the day and remake the gold dust yeah 
with the track shavings from the lost engine and water. Neil, did I, <laughs> I feel like this, there's so much going on in this movie. It's really hard to like Yeah, I mean, summarize. there is a lot going on, but I think you did a pretty good job. Only thing is you really under, under, uh, what, what would it be? Under emphasize Diesel 10's like impact. I mean, Diesel 10 <laughs> wanted to destroy all, all yeah, the I mean, engines. Yeah, but okay, here's my deal. Diesel engines are better than steam engines. They're more efficient and they're more powerful. I don't understand why he's the evil guy here. Because he's just mean. Like he could have yeah, he could come up bully. with an effective way to dispose of them. But he doesn't have he to dispose to... of them. He's just better. Or you know he could what? say, like, let me rebuild you into a diesel engine. But no, he's like, <laughs> that I'm just would be kill a weird you. move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I prefer this. You know what, Andrew? Tyler and I were talking about this yesterday while we were watching it, but like we we're looking for the overall message that this is supposed to be leaving kids with. Diesel Ted is built different. <laughs> I I think you just revealed what it is. I think it's reject modernity, embrace tradition. That's the whole thing. So yeah, we, we like against we the industrial revolution. Yeah. Or it's just they're against friendly, industrialization. Guys. It's about friendship. They're against progress. It's about an old man that has an interesting relationship with a with a train. Yeah, we yeah, gotta talk then, about that. Okay, so talk about that. also like the his wife died or something, and I feel like the train takes the place of his wife. <laughs> so, so yeah, we gotta talk about this because. The first scene we see the grandpa. Wait, wait. Go ahead. Before we pick apart the plot, I want Neil to give the reasons why he thinks this is a four and a half star movie. (laughs) Because, okay, first of all, it examines so many different like storylines, okay? And they're all coming together at the perfect moment in time. Because you got Diesel 10 trying to take over the whole TTTCU or whatever the whatever the heck, okay? So you got him, you got him like rising into his regime or whatever. Then you got Mr. Conductor, who's got to like keep up with all the stuff that's going on, right? In in the in Sordor, in the island of Sordor. And then Sodor. you got Sodor. You ran <laughs> an extra you, R there, Neil. Wasn't wasn't Sodor you're, you're like a fake something fan. else? I don't know. I've heard of Yeah, I think. <laughs> I'm just remembering Sodor, like from when I used to watch Thomas. That's why it sounds familiar. Okay, so then you got that. Then you got the whole lady thing, where after Diesel 10's first... spoiled the name, Neil. I was keeping it secret. (laughs) Oh, I thought you just didn't remember it. No, I remembered. (laughs) He just watched this two hours ago, Neil. (laughs) Well, okay, that's a good point. Well, anyways, you got Lady. Spoiler alert, guys. (laughs) Yeah, her name's Lady. And she has to get started up because Diesel 10, like, attacked her before. And now, like, she can't effectively run on any coal except for the magical coal. And they got to find a way to get her started. But they don't know about the magical coal. And everything just comes together at one, like, spot in time. And as a kid, it was, like, the most mind-blowing thing. Because you got that big chase scene at the end. And it just, it, like, you know. It okay, pulls Neil. everything together. Okay, Neil. Here's 
Here's a plot hole for you. <laughs> Thomas brings the coal to shining time. He rolls down a mountain. Oh no. And then he rolls into another magical track in the middle of a field, down into like a hole somewhere. And then all of a sudden later on, he just shows up. He took the back portal. on the island of Sodor. He took the portal. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't, it's a different portal. It doesn't yeah. explain where no, it goes. No, yeah, well, how are these portals, are they just random? Was that like a random thing he stumbled upon? Yeah. He was like flying yeah. down a mountain and then he went through a field and he fell into a portal and then he was just where they needed him later on. See, honestly, honestly, I didn't notice that. But you bring up a good point, and maybe that's what the sequel was supposed to be about. Like, oh shit, Thomas went into the wrong hole. And I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Thomas like <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine colon the wrong hole. I'm pretty sure he must have like time traveled when he went in there. It's the sequel we needed. <laughs> Thomas brings out the best in me. See. That that's what the sequel is gonna be about. I guarantee it. Thomas going yeah. in the wrong hole. Yeah. I have another issue with the plot of this movie here. Let me point this out to you. What is that? The, the conductor is looking for the windmill, right, to find the clue for his gold dust. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he receives a note from a rabbit, and it's, I don't know. It says. Like, here's some vegetables. I know you forgot your thinking cap. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Try yeah. these. It's good brain food. It was Gone a carrot, fiction. right? Rabbit. Carrots and, and celery. He, then there's, like, yeah. lettuce hung up on a clothesline. <laughs> and, like, he eats this carrot and this celery. And then he says a bunch of random words. And he's like, beach, beach. And then he remembers he has a cousin that's, like, lounging on the beach. And yeah. they become Junior. pretty... I actually I like Junior a lot. He's a good character. Junior, Junior was great. But that whole thing with the rabbit, it made absolutely no sense. It made perfect sense to me as a six-year-old, Andrew. Neil, they don't <laughs> even mention the rabbit any other time. The thing for me is this movie is so complicated. It was so confusing. There's so many plot points and there's so many details, so many characters, so many like there's so many high level concepts that like I couldn't wrap my head around. Like, it's like an hour and a half movie and they're doing like all this stuff. They have like five different storylines going on. There, there's yeah. time travel, there's like there's teleportation. There's also there's like three different methods of teleportation. I can't tell you the difference between all of them. Like I couldn't understand it, and I'm like almost 21, so I there I felt like there was so much where like, oh look at this, this is something that you're gonna recognize from the show. Except I don't think it's stuff that you recognize from the show, like the the rabbit thing. It seems like maybe the rabbit was a character on the show, but I I don't think that is. Like I feel like I don't think so. Yeah, and my favorite character, Sir Topham Hat isn't even yeah, in it and, exactly oh, okay they use like flowers as telephones randomly uh -huh. and also the conductor and his cousin are small in the real world but normal size on the island of sodor but none of yeah, the trains or anything or the people change size 
that's what's confusing. Like, there's like is, very are Thomas and his friends all tiny? And do you shrink when you go into Thomas's world if you're not the conductor and conductor junior? Or is the conductor getting bigger when he enters the world and everyone else is staying the same size and Thomas is just a regular size train? Well, because Lady was the same size. She was normal exactly. size in the real world. And then she comes into the Thomas world and she's the same size as Thomas. So is she always the same size as Thomas? Or did she shrink to be his size? I think the island of Sodor is shrunk. Because yeah. like in the in the in Shining Time when they travel there, when mm-hmm. Lily and Junior travel there with the gold dust, they like get shot into the the mural on the wall. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they would have to be small to do that. Yeah. I don't know. These are all just, great questions. These are my theories. <laughs> Another thing I got, we we got to address the elephant in the room. From the very first scene, that grandpa wanted to fuck the train before we even like had the implication that it could be his dead wife. I knew this was going to come up. I knew it. Yeah. I don't think it's his dead wife. Well, they heavily implied that. And then it it turns out it wasn't. Oh, my wife's gone. And I, we, yeah, we were saying that she was like somehow turned into a train. I and yeah, then because of that, yeah. their relationship continued, but her is in like train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except she was dormant for several yeah. years. Yeah. Can't, can't we just like, can't we just appreciate an old man giving affection to like, it's like a daughter. I looked at it as a daughter, okay? Not his dead wife. As a daughter? I, I thought of it more like that too. That seemed like, the relationship was more like a daughter. No, yeah, that he was, was like he was like going. I, <laughs> He was trying to get her going. He said, no, I meant I'm not going to fail you this time. <laughs> you guys are so. I knew this was going to come up. I knew it. Neil, like, dude, he was like he was like looking at her I mean, so longingly. He was like touching and like stroking the sides of the yeah, train because he was like correct. He was like, dude, like you Neil, know, it's a nice train. <laughs> I she feel like looking one pretty shit in that cave, Andrew. <laughs> no, it was looking after they dusted her. But, but nice he train. was he was looking at her like <laughs> when she was all dusty. Just because he's an old man and she's a nice, pretty young train doesn't mean he's a creepy old man. Right? <laughs> yeah, come on. Okay, he's well, just taking I'm, care of a train. It's yeah. a bit, she's a bit strange, though. Have you? Have you? I mean, look at what he's doing. Like look mm-hmm. at what look at what he's doing. He's he's like staying in this cave with just he doesn't he doesn't go into shining time. <laughs> he doesn't leave. He just sits with this train. Like You're right. he's the protector of the of he's ladies. obsessed. Yeah. He's obsessed yeah. with this train. He's not obsessed, he's just attached. Okay. But why? Okay, all right. But what, why where okay, so, attachment so why? and obsession? There's a there's a crossover there. See, but why why is he so attached? My well, okay. only theory is that it actually is his wife and they just they didn't want to stress kids out with, you know, the existential crisis that would come with that reveal in the movie, but I think, you know, that's what the subtext of this film is is that this man's wife got turned into a defunct train and he, you know, 
He longed and lusted for her for many years until his love finally brought her back to life. No, no. But you no. see, this this storyline <laughs> doesn't make sense to me because I feel like Thomas and Lady kind of had a thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What? And it was like <laughs> you didn't okay, get okay, that. No. No. Do we know when? Do we know when his wife died? Like, did she die before he came into contact with Lady, or did yes, she die? So after? here he says very specifically. That his wife never saw a lady run, which oh, I'm assuming means because she is lady. Exactly, he lady no, was not around. No, I think she died there. before they fixed lady. Before yeah, they before got they going. fixed her, but she was still there, right? No. Like when she was trying to fix her, I up. Think they're there. and they treated her think, like a daughter together. No, I think I, I agree. With I think Neil. her soul entered Neil. lady when she died. And that's why he like has such an obsession with trying to fix. Maybe really her love think, entered. You really lady, think this movie? Her. You really yes. think this movie? Yes. <laughs> the subtext of this, the subtext uh, yeah. of all those lines, is so so specific. I don't, I don't know what the movie tried to do necessarily, <laughs> but what it ended up doing was so much worse like it <laughs> it really like i i gotta go straight on this one like i we were watching this and every time he says something it's an innuendo like every yeah. time he's with lady like and whatever he's doing i mean it there, there were several lines like i can't think of them off the top of my head but like mm-hmm. there's several mm-hmm. times where he's talking about lady and it's just innuendos yeah. after innuendos i just it. attribute that to bad script writing i think i agree I think, I think the script I, I writers do exactly what they were doing. Way too complex for that. I they agree like, with you. Yeah. We're gonna write this plot line into existence. Yeah, I no, don't think it, that's that could be a mistake like that. I think when they say that his wife never saw Lady running, it was because that she was dormant for so long. We don't know how old Diesel is, but we don't Andrew, know how old anyone is. The island of Sodor is basically on another timeline from the real world. Okay. It's so attached Andrew, by we, a magic railroad. We we can maybe <laughs> there's no rules here. We can maybe ignore that one line, but then you know what one line? The the whole like he his wife never saw Lady Running. We can okay, we can ignore that one. No, I'm but, not ignoring it. I'm saying it makes sense if his okay, wife died. So, before so you they could got say that, but but then you can't ignore you know the very purely you know the sexual desire he had for that train. I need oh an example. Oh my god. Why is not why sexual. Is every, every it was just love. showing affection is sexual <laughs> Why is this? It's not. It shouldn't be, it, but this man it, very clearly did want to, you know, Trey, it was his love, train. not lust. I can understand if he's can like we, kissing the train or like pumping the train. Like a clip of this. He's not doing that. He's just caressing her and trying to get her going. Yeah, that's Neil, do you hear yourself? Dude, He's like caressing her and trying to get her going. It's like a dad teaching a daughter how to ride a bike. It's like, come no. on, honey, you got it. No. He's encouraging her. <laughs> no. They're like they're like friends. Because the no. first time he failed her. <laughs> the first time he failed her and let Diesel win. I'm not gonna let this pervertedness. Ruin my childhood. I refuse. We to need let to it move on me. from this topic. Yeah, we can. We can move on. We're Agreed never gonna to agree. <laughs> Although um, I do. What well, one thing I liked was uh, right at the very beginning. I think Thomas has some clapback at someone. Like right at the beginning, it's 
it's like one of his first few lines it's like it's pretty ruthless and savage for the first 10 minutes of a kids feature film about trains i do you remember what it is i i don't remember i don't even know who who he was talking to i don't know if it was gordon it was gordon or james or diesel one of the three i think it was diesel james because in that first scene so in that first scene thomas is talking to james about something and then uh diesel arrives and then he's like i'm gonna rid you all from the earth because i'm hitler and then he roasts him or something. No, it's it's Gordon counting, and Thomas says, practicing your numbers, Gordon. That's a good <laughs> engine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because Thomas is, like, sassy in yeah, in yeah. his interactions with the other trains. He's... he's I'm counting yeah. how many seconds late you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the clap back. back at him. Yeah. yeah. I have another I big issue with this movie, though. Go ahead. Here is the... This was... Okay, this is, like, just apart from the movie at all, this was distracting from my enjoyment of the movie. The fact that the balance between, like, the soundtrack and the voice was so bad. Like, there were a lot of moments where I couldn't hear what they were saying because the music was too loud. Did yeah. you guys see, like, hear that? I don't know. I don't think i did we also had subtitles I, so i was kind of yeah i usually on have this. subtitles on when i watch yeah. so i, I mean to... like i just i didn't have subtitles on this time but yeah i think that I mean, was a Andrew, big flaw I, I know what you're saying like there were the the choice the decision to have like i like what like three songs maybe two songs in this was kind of strange because the the people and Trey and I were talking about this, but the people that were singing the songs were just like regular people. <laughs> like their voices were like so like so mediocre. <laughs> like you can hear the strain when they try and go yeah. up a few notes, and you could hear um, all the kids singing like Thomas <laughs> is is a very useful engine. <laughs> oh my god, I love that song. Don't ruin that song. That song is amazing. No, I'm, and, and, I mean like the this so like an example was like the intro when the movie was opening, they were playing mm-hmm. music just like opening credits. And I was like, "Oh, this is kind of a loud movie." And so I turned down the volume. <laughs> and then they start talking. I can't hear anything oh, yeah. anyone is saying. I did realize that Andrew. I so what I realized is their volume is really low. And also they, they're they like, we got to make sure if the train is moving, their, their voice is moving too. Except instead of moving the way your voice would when the train is actually going away, just the further they got away, they just dropped the volume. <laughs> just got quieter. Yeah. yeah, so it was hard to hear like... like it's I know to hear their voices, and then especially if they were playing music at all, I was like, "This movie is so loud," and I, <laughs> I still can't hear what they're saying. I noticed at least ten times where, like, the last like three or four words of dialogue were just they they were muted out because of how they do their dialogue in it, where they get it, make it go quieter as they move away. It was so bizarre. Yeah, that, that was I think the biggest flaw in the movie that was preventing me from enjoying it more <laughs> like like if the mixing was good i <laughs> i would have been genuinely like very entertained in the movie the 
like the plot is crazy, but at least it's fun to watch, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- one thing I wanted to say is Alec Baldwin is in yes. this as Mr. Conductor. Yes. <laughs> and this has, you know, big like, I was just in a big scandal and I was forced to make this movie by some big studio executive in order to rehabilitate my image and so i'm going all out to look good that, he like it has that big energy he did do a good job i think he was 100 percent into it but it, I, it yeah. felt like they were like they had just a gun to his head the entire time while filming and they're like you better make this your greatest performance yet. There's a scene when he he gets launched by Diesel and then he yeah, lands and on he some flower. The air. And, and then he looks up like like Alec Baldwin like looks straight into your soul. Like he breaks the fucking wall. He talks to the you. He talks to you. And I swear, I swear, he's like just pleading. He's like pleading for help. Like he, he's like, I had to do this. I can't get out. I, I, and he's just so invested. But there's something about his expression, his eyes. I don't. Whatever you want to see. Whatever you want to call this it. Here? <laughs> he's, he's just begging for you to not put that there, so he can die. <laughs> The the moment where he gets the call from Mr. Topham Hat, it that's hundred percent just like the studio exec on the other line of the phone just being like, yeah. "Better, other you better fucking do this." Tray. No, because this was on a phone because it was in his office. He called and him multiple times. Well, I'm talking about in his office. In his office, when he it put was on his like, top hat. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely big. Like, <laughs> you better, you better fucking do this movie. You better just fucking do it. <laughs> he's, just, Alec Baldwin, he's like just, just like he's like yeah 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 yep, 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 yep. i got you <laughs> but yeah this yeah. this is definitely like alec baldwin would not be doing this unless like he no had way. some giant scandal that like he had to rehabilitate his image from yeah i mean it, it was a strange choice but yeah. he was he was kind of good i think when he yeah. pulled out the sugar on diesel 10 and he was like, "Don't make me use the sugar." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was an intense part. Yeah, he's in his PJs and everything. Yeah, I don't think I understand the technical know-how that putting a sugar in a diesel engine does. But I've honestly never thought about it. I've just always accepted that that's think- bad for them. When they talked about that, I like looked it up because I was like, what would happen if you put sugar in a diesel engine? <laughs> and so I'm pretty sure so the sugar doesn't dissolve in diesel fuel. So it just gets mm-hmm. like stuck in everything. I think that's what he said. He said like, I'll clog you up or something yeah. like that. So I think it's basically like pouring sand in the in the fuel tank. Yeah. Good <laughs> analogy there. Yeah, um, I don't know. A, a, another moment that I I I definitely loved was it was again right by the beginning, uh, and it's when Thomas backs up into the bumper or the buffers very quickly, and he just <laughs> he slams his back end into the buffers, and his they cut to his face and his eyes are just spinning, yeah. <laughs> like he's like he just got fucked in the ass or something. <laughs> 
at this point in the episode explicit it was at this point in the movie when Shrey and I could no longer take anything seriously. <laughs> oh my. Dude, this I like the first uh, minute and a half. Yeah, no, this is <laughs> Shrey cracked that joke. And then every time, time anything happened, it was like, oh, this mm. funny. Really? You you never like you never fell hard on your ass and you hit your tailbone <laughs> and then you make that face. And my eyes went spinning in my no. My mouth is wide open and my eyes are spinning around. All rotations in opposite would, directions. Would this hold on? Would this movie be better if they're entire? Like you know how in the new episodes the whole face is animated. Yeah. No. No. Two? I don't want that new. Thank I you. think it's okay, creepy good. when their mouths move. I agree. Thomas was always better like this. I think the still mouths adds to the comedic effect. Yeah, that's true. And, like, if there's multiple trains on screen, you just have to guess who's talking by the voice. Yeah. It's like a game. <laughs> and they just, like, move their eyes really fast. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure gotta... that one of, the, one of the cast members does, like, ten voices also. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of hard to differentiate the voices. When it was opening, there were, like, four credits, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Yeah, it's uh, Neil Crone. He does Diesel 10, Gordon, Splatter. He does the Tumbleweed. I oh, think yeah. He does oh, the Tumbleweed. The tumbleweed. That's a yeah. fan favorite. Henry, like Dodge, Birdie, and Harold. Henry, Dodge, Birdie, and Harold are also all the same voice. So, yeah. Who's Thomas? Is he a solo? Thomas is Eddie Glenn. And it looks like he's only played Thomas in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. We we gotta talk about uh Diesel Ten because mm-hmm. I know you Diesel guys Diesel Ten like, is like my favorite character. Him and oh, yeah. so, Okay, as a kid, dude, that claw was like close <laughs> to the scariest thing like you could see at that age. Cause like well for he first of all, he's like this he's not like a bright color like all the other engines, you know, he's obviously this dark, dirty color. He he's has a big menacing claw and it's kind of it reminds me of uh what am i thinking about uh i honestly don't know (laughs) but i feel like i've seen like something similar somewhere um but yeah it was definitely the yeah it was the scariest thing as a kid i don't know i know you guys like just saw for the first time and you're like a lot older than i was when i first started i mean now i think it's kind of cool but i'm pretty sure as a kid it was freaky because like you can just tell that it's very pointy. Yeah. Like like the claw thing. And like the scene where he grabs the conductor and is holding him like over the side of a bridge. Oh, yeah. That is like <laughs> intense. Yeah. The conductor just like cuts the hydro- hydraulic pipes mm-hmm. on this train. I think like I'm pretty sure he must have designed the diesel engine to know so much about its inner workings be like a diesel the sh- expert the sugar yeah the cutting the claw pipe i don't mm-hmm. know um this movie did uh you know it stirred up some memories of i think a childhood fear of mine i mentioned to tyler but um there's one scene where like diesel 10 is like plotting something with his two minions or whatever and Splatter they're like and yes thank mm. you neil <laughs> uh, 
and they're near like whatever that building is with the red light and the tons yeah, of fog. That building's so freaky. That mo- that freaky. building terrified me, and I think it's because like I it reminded me of a fear from when I was little. From t- and I think it's because of Thomas. I think I remember that room specifically. I think some creepy shit used to like go on in there, like in the show or whatever. Because I vividly remember being afraid of that thing or like having nightmares about it neil can you confirm or deny is that red room significant in thomas lore or not i'm not i'm not i'm honestly not sure that's kind of it's like in willy wonka when they go through the tunnel Mm -hmm. like it's it seems like it's so out of place yeah yeah, that's a good comparison, Andrew. It, it feels like that that kind of like reddish hellscape tunnel that they go yeah. through. Like, why is this in a kid's movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even, it, like, it gets like really dark really fast. And you, I mean, it was weird. Uh, I, I agree. It's strange. Yeah, nothing's mm-hmm. coming up. I'm just Googling like foggy room. Tom is a thing on them. Nothing comes uh, up. It's a red room. Thomas Red <laughs> Red room. Um, Neil, you have any more, you know, points you want to hit on? Thoughts? Um, we talked about the best song, which was, is a very useful <laughs> engine. Uh, no, I think everything else is good. The only thing I would have liked to see was Gordon a little bit more because Dude, in the show, in, yeah, in the TV show, Gordon's like hella sassy and has a stick up his ass like all the time about everything. Yeah. So it would have been fun to see him in the show or in the movie a little more. But that's why I gave it a four and a half because it was a best thing, Gordon. Yeah, just <laughs> sing your numbers, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everything else just perfect. I couldn't have asked for a better childhood movie. What about, what about the child movie. actors? Were they also perfect acting? Yeah. I mean, they... They were better than um the ones in uh what's it Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> they were better than those. Master Skywalker. Master Skywalker. There's too many of them. What, what are we what going, are we going to, do? to do? Yeah, if we could if we could universally recognize Revenge of the Sith as a good movie, and that scene with the kid actors, okay, we okay. can give these guys some credit. You know. I see. I see. <laughs> How about they're both great. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 put it that way. Um all right. So then I guess it's time to, you know, decide on a final verdict if this is truly a guilty pleasure or not. Uh Neil, we'll save years for last. Uh Andrew, you just saw this most recently. Would you wanna go first? Yeah, I mean I think I would definitely watch it again. I think guilty pleasure bordering on good movie they fix the mixing mm-hmm. and i probably simplify the plot of maybe a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and it, yes good movie yeah uh, i guess i can go next i i'm really on the edge of if this is a guilty pleasure or just bad because oh. i think the deciding factor for me is how confusing it is because it's so complex um 
I do think it's it was really hard to enjoy it when it was just Tyler and I because I feel mm-hmm. like we were it was our first time and we were trying to understand it and <laughs> we couldn't because we're too stupid for this. We were not smart enough. Yeah. You guys get you know through what? the bread. I I will say I think this qualifies as a guilty pleasure. Just like just barely Neil. Just on the very edge of that. I would watch this again with a with maybe more people that care less about the plot. Yeah. It'll be more entertaining. Tyler, by the way, I'm not saying that you're a horrible person to watch this movie with. I'm just saying we both care too much about plot. (laughs) It was it was difficult. I mean, I think that um maybe if I watched it again, like you said, maybe if I watched it again, my opinion would be different. But this was weird, man. This was a weird, <laughs> weird movie. I uh, yeah, I mean, it's confusing, but it's also just like, there's there's choices that they made in this movie where they could have just been, it could have been like normal, you know? But they went the weird route. <laughs> like the rabbit gone. Yeah. From... <laughs> what? what does the, that the mean? The scene where, where Alec Baldwin breaks the fourth wall like, and the red room. Um, lots of just like... The, there's like a dream sequence where uh, there's like shining time, like he ruins yes. yeah. you know, Alec Baldwin's dream. All right. I, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, and for that reason, it's fun, but I don't think I can give it even a guilty pleasure nod. I think it, for me, oh is, is just gosh. a bad movie. I'm sorry, Neil. I think the issue is, is you three are just too smart for this movie. You need to dumb yourselves down a little bit to my level. And then we can enjoy the movie. I guarantee you, if I'm there with you guys watching this movie, you will enjoy it. I guarantee you. <laughs> I'll take you no, up on that, man. We, we did enjoy it. It's just we could have enjoyed it so much more. Yeah. So okay. if you I, enjoyed it, then it's not bad. No, it is. Well, like, I, I think you can enjoy something because it's so though. bad. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like I enjoy but it. For the... But I think that's what yeah. qualifies as a guilty pleasure. Or I yeah. guess that's how I like would Sharknado. Well, listen, right. I, I, I've rated movies like bad scores that I still enjoyed watching, and those are guilty pleasures. But this movie is a good movie, and I'm gonna put my foot down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put my foot down on this one because it's fantastic. I think. No. Think about the mixing. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there's like some like conventional editing stuff that maybe they got to fix. But the story and... Uh, it's a production-level movie, Neil. It, dude, it, it was a $19 million budget. And this thing was... That's wasn't huge! <laughs> yeah, so, you know, fantastic movie. It should be liked. I think if you watched it from when I was a kid people would enjoy it a little bit more, but maybe we can find some fans that have seen it at a younger age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think anyone who would see it when they were like two years old would enjoy this. I don't think that's a particularly no, high bar. I'm saying grow up enjoying it. Like, uh, you know? Okay. Like they would enjoy it at our age if they started watching it like at six. Gotcha. If they well, understood the time violation between the island of Sodor and yeah, what is the other one called? Oh my gosh, Shining, Shining Time. time. Shining time. 
Well, Neil, I think your uh, rating puts us firmly in the guilty pleasures column for this one. You know, a twist I didn't anticipate coming, but <laughs> happened nevertheless. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. So, Neil, congratulations on, you know, yet another guilty pleasure of your choice. <laughs> this is definitely the weirdest one of all the ones <laughs> we talked about. I can guarantee by, it. But... By far. Well. By far. Yeah, I wouldn't be a good oh. host if I wasn't weird. I think we can confirm that Neil's the weirdest one out of all of us. <laughs> I think this this confirms it. Yeah. Mm. Well, this has been Double Stuff Cinema. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Get stuffed.